This is My Take Radio's Beyond the Mic. What's up, guys? Welcome to a new installment of My Take Radio's Beyond the Mic. I'm being joined this week by Jesse Johnson. A lot of you may be familiar with his Wonder Woman fan trailer, which has been all over the Internet recently. Uh, Probably one of the best representations of Wonder Woman I've ever seen in a fan film. And Jesse took time out of his busy schedule to talk with us about it. How's it going, Jesse? How are you? Oh, good. Thank you. Thank you very much. Well, I wanted to of course get you on because this this wonder woman fan trailer just took a life of its own i've seen it everywhere and i gotta i gotta tell you before we get into the the meat and potatoes of it that it was probably one of the best fan films i've ever seen uh, I, I, rich I, I can't hear you I, it's it's i'm hearing every other word it's getting worse and worse all right so what do you what, how do you what do you want to do you want to Pin it for another day, and then I'm we'll do so, a, I, I'm so sorry. I don't, I don't know what it is at all. The, the, the reception is very, very quiet, and now, now it's actually got, it's dropping in and out. Uh, so let's let's reschedule for a day when you have a landline free. Just let me know what works for you. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't, I don't. I wonder if, wonder if I don't actually leave leave and we start walking into an area. Of course, the moment I say let's call it off, I can hear you perfectly, which makes no no sense whatsoever. No, well, what I was uh, going to say was just give me a day that you're 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 by a landline or an evening that you're by a landline and your schedule permits, and we'll record it. Yeah, it's, it's not, not, not going to happen anytime soon. We're, we're, I'm about to go into into you know we're about to start shooting the tail end of this little black and white film that I I raised the money for. So uh, this is about as good as it's going to get. I don't. I, funnily enough, I don't actually have a landline anymore at all at the house. We, we we've got four. Four, uh, four cell phones now with the kids, and that's it. But gotcha. uh, let, let, let's see if, if we can pick up where where we were before, because it, seem, it seems to be okay actually while I'm standing inside, which defies logic. But there you go. <laughs> all right, so I'm, I'll uh, I'll start it from the top, and we'll take it from there. All right. Terrific. All right. What's up, guys? Welcome to a brand new installment of My Take Radio's Beyond the Mic. I'm being joined by Jesse Johnson, who a lot of you may know. For the as being the director of the Wonder Woman fan film that has been making waves all over the internet lately, it's probably one of the best Wonder Woman representations I've seen in a fan film in recent memory. And Jesse took time out of his very busy schedule to talk with us about it. And I wanted to start off, of course, by telling him that he did an amazing job and digging a little deeper into the making of the film and the inspirations that he had to get this film out there to the audience. How's it going, Jesse? How are you? Oh, very good. Very good. Thank you, Rich. So, as I mentioned, this this film just took a life of its own. It started off as something small that I saw on a couple of different sites. Before you know it, it was on Break.com, Vimeo, YouTube, all over the place. And um, how's the reaction been for you thus far, especially for something that's 
you know, so well done with such a limited budget? Uh, it's been a phenomenal, phenomenal uh, adventure. Really, really exciting. I had no, no idea at all it was going to trigger such a such a nerve. Uh, the you know the whole the genesis of the idea came from my manager who showed me a page from uh, the Hollywood Deadline, which is a uh, it's the equivalent of Four Arty, you know, an online online uh, uh, industry industry site that you know that you know and basically it covered 24 young directors, well not so young, but but new emerging directors who had decided to do either two minute three minute short films or had made you know teaser trailer fan made you know style movies like. You know, in, in, in the manner of a, you know, of a big budget film that obviously paid for you know, with very little money. Uh, and of those 24, I think something like 22 or 23 of them had got themselves studio deals, got set up at various studios and were, were commencing on the kind of career that I wanted, but could not seem to crack, no matter how many of these direct-to-DVD movies that I directed, which I'm very proud of. And I'm, you know, I'm into about eight or nine of them. The last one, the package was Stone Cold and uh, Dolph Lundgren, I felt, was was about as good as you can get for a film that's shot in 16 days with you know with very very limited resources and and it it, it worked very well so you know born of that frustration you know I, I decided to throw my hat into the ring into the arena and, and go after one of these one of these you know uh, teaser you know self financed teaser films and from that I decided to go for something that was rather rather controversial in that it had not been cracked yet and everyone had sort of taken a shot at it had fumbled it in some way or another. That had upset the fans, knowing knowing it would be controversial going in, you know, and I uh, I went ahead with it. So I had a had a sort of idea that we would ruffle a few feathers. I thought we were actually going to get crucified. Frankly, uh, I thought some of the industry people would come out and and sort of applaud us, but the fanboys were going to hate it. And uh, it was actually the complete the complete opposite. We we were absolutely accepted by the by the fans of Wonder Woman and you know women and and you know gay groups that, that adore Wonder Woman and what she stands for. And the only people that were actually negative about the thing were the, were the you know, Hollywood industry types. So I feel we're probably talking out of jealousy. It was a jealousy I rec- recognized from, uh, from high school, you know, sort of silly bickering. So it didn't worry me at all. And, uh, you know, it's, it was just, just phenomenal. I mean, it was, it was you know, we had, had half a million in about a week, half a million views through Vimeo and YouTube. It was copied all over the place. Every, every single site that had either geek or nerd in the uh, in the title, picked it up, and it was just it's just been absolutely wonderful. And the people that for seven years I've been trying to get meetings with are now calling and asking for meetings, and so it's it, it it's been a really really delightful, gratifying, rewarding experience, and certainly the best thirty five hundred bucks that I spend. Yeah, I think I think the the beauty of of what was done with you, with your film is that it it touched on Wonder Woman in a way that too many people have have really missed the missed the boat on. In other words. They always want to make her either, you know, overly sexy or they just can't they can't crack the code of making a, a, a tough female that, you know, she, she her costumes a little a little out there, especially considering what's accepted in mainstream as standard superhero garb. And it, it was just tremendous to see that you were able to crack it in such a way that it made her character gritty it had the right amount of violence in there, and it still maintained so much of the iconic things that have made Wonder Woman well known for in comics for years. Thank you so much, Rich. That means a, means an awful lot. I mean, we we work very very hard at it. The uh, you know, there's a couple of concerns when you when you have a woman dressed in armor and red, white, and blue, and the short shorts and the boots, and you enter into it. It's like, oh my god, you know, what are we going to do with that? It's looking 
laughable, you know, in the wrong, the wrong kind of laughable. Uh, and we decided just to be absolutely, absolutely, you know, faithful to what she stood for. You know, and, you know, it's, a, it's an outfit that you fight in, so we made it slick and tight, the kind of outfit that, you know, that a uh, MMA fighter might be prepared to go out and fight in, except, you know, obviously we put armor on top of this one. But certainly the outfit underneath was based on Greco-Roman fighting outfit, you know, worn and torn and tattered, you know, like a warrior. You know, she's got bullet scratches and, you know, and, and, and burn marks, and she's got wounds and, and cuts, you know. And, and, you know, it, 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 was a, it was a sort of gritty angle that I wanted to go after. We probably didn't go after it as much as we could have done. Uh, but it was, you know, based in a pragmatic approach to the, to the material as opposed to, you know, attempting to do something that was going to be titillating to the male audience, which I didn't want to do at all. You know, you can go two ways with Wonder Woman. You can you can give her high heels and huge boobs and, you know, have her hitting people like a seven-year-old and it's, you know, people laugh, laugh and giggle and watch her bounce around. Or you can go back to the uh, sort of source material, which was a, a, a heroine that women working in the factories of World War II could get behind and root for who didn't need men, who, you know, gave them something to feel proud of, you know, as a, as a, as a female, you know, and, I have two daughters who who we love watching movies together, and I wanted something you know that, that would appeal to them and make them happy. And I, I think uh, I think where you run into trouble with with a female superhero is when you try and please both of those sort of masters. You know that uh, you know uh, I think you have you know, and I think we're we're an evolving audience as well. We you know the audience that that watched you know the Linda Carter Wonder Woman in the in the eighties isn't isn't the same anymore. The audience now is more articulate, more you know, intelligent requires a little more, you know, uh, uh, you know, factual sort of evidence of, of superpowers, and you know, and you know, I, I just feel that they're smarter, and that's what we we tried to go for with this one, you know, and uh, you know, the the other thing was choosing a mythic adversary because if you have your hero wearing that outfit, you know, which is which is mythological, and, and sort of you can't have her fighting street muggers or you know or bad guys, you know, bank robbers, you, you know, it's, it sort of works very well against Nazis and, you know, they, they, they have this incredible, you know, sort of symbolism and outfit, which is, which is a good match, you know, and that was the other reason for choosing that time period, you know, it, it really worked, worked, I think, you know, on, on many, many levels, you know, uh, it balanced out well, you know. Well, the thing, the thing that got me when I was watching it was, I'm like, all right, you know, it was a throwback to just, um, watching Captain America. And the, and the way that, that the pacing went, it was just, you know, she's in there, she's in this, in this combat situation, she's wearing an outfit that's symbolic of, of, of the U S you know, with the red, white, and blue and the, and the stars on the, on the tights. And I'm like, you know, this actually works because the problem is that too many people try to take wonder woman and put her in, you know, modern day situations and stuff like that. You, you went back to the, just the, the nitty gritty, the good versus evil aspect, which sometimes, even though it's considered basic, is probably the best approach with certain characters because then it gives you an opportunity to flesh them out. No, exactly. Uh, exactly. I mean, you know, thankfully Captain America came out, did that, and was a hit, and has made it almost okay to do that now, which is wonderful. Uh, one of the scripts, you know, one of the wonderful things about having this film out there was that I actually got submitted the original script that Joel Silver commissioned when he was at Warner Brothers and wanted to make Wonder Woman. And that writer saw, saw my teaser on Vimeo and sent me a copy of the script through Paradigm. It was, it was, and it's a phenomenal script, but it's set predominantly during World War II. Uh, and, and that was what had killed it at the time, because it was prior to Captain America being made. And Joel apparently had said, no, World War II never works, never works in movies, not, not going to do that. And, and so the script was you know, put, into, put into limbo. And, uh, 
uh, it's actually a really, really good script. We're doing everything we can to try and get someone to notice it. It's just a very complex, it's a very complex uh, 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 IP, you know, the, the Wonder Woman one. She's, she is so, she's, it's, it's so many different masters and owned by so many different people. I don't know if, you know, if there will be uh, a movie that, that pleases everyone. And I don't, I certainly don't know if I'll, I'll be able to do it, but it's been a really wonderful sort of adventure uh, being on the periphery of it from from this little two minute teaser, it's so exciting. Uh, but yes, yes, no, absolutely. They, they, we we actually shot a you know a day in downtown LA, which is shown a little bit at the end of the teaser, with her against a modern you know adversary, and it just you know as I say, it just didn't feel it didn't feel as mythic when you put her up against these guys. You feel that she would swap them, and it, it it's almost like you need this balance. You need a great bad guy with someone like Wonder Woman. And, you know, the SS, and we did an awful lot of research into, you know, how they talked and how they dressed, all those uniforms, you know, spot on perfect and, uh, you know, which which was fun to do as well, you know, to, to actually, you know, I, I said to the team that I wanted to make this look like Saving Fire Ryan in terms of authenticity and the way we shot it. And then suddenly, you know, a minute or 30, 30 or 40 seconds into the trailer, you suddenly realize it's it's about a superhero, Wonder Woman in there. And hopefully that's a cool way of sort of hooking people and tracking, tracking him and bringing him in, you know creating that sense of, of uh, sympathy, you know. Uh, so that was rather fun to do. Uh, so on, on many levels, it's fun to have have a historical, a historical, you know, setting, I think. Uh, at yeah. the at the, at the the start of our conversation, you mentioned that it was the best $3,500 you ever spent. That was, that was really yeah. it, huh? <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, it might have been a little bit more, you know, you know spent on, you know, because it took a little, you know, the actual shoot itself was one thing. And then building that dam, the mission at 109, the, uh, the, uh, the, the one bit of CG I had ended up taking about two months. So driving backwards and forwards and doing the various, you know, just basically looking at, you know, the CG over, C, you know, various different drafts of the uh, CG to the point that it finally became something that I felt we could have in there and was worthy of everything else. Might have taken a little bit more money. But, yeah, the initial, the initial cost came from selling one of my prized motorbikes, which... Uh, Neither my wife nor my daughters wanted me to have any more because it was going to kill me at some point. So, uh, <laughs> so that 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 went, and uh, and I decided to put, put you know some of the money from that sale into 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 this, you know. And uh, as I say, it was the best the best money ever spent. But they're all friends working on it, and uh, we borrowed an awful lot of things. And you know, it's when you do enough movies where you're actually paying people to come and work for you, uh, it, it's it's a li- little different to someone from film school turning around and trying to put a crew together. For me, it's I, I'm very very lucky and i felt good to, it felt good to be able to sort of utilize some of that that luck you know and, and actually say look i need you guys your camera department i need you guys with with the stunts i need you guys with with wardrobe and i need you guys, you know i need a favor this is the one you know and it was a uh, there was an awful lot of begging went on but yeah it was a very very low overhead in the end and uh, considering what over the years i've paid for what i feel is completely useless publicity this is this is <laughs> this is a fraction of that that cost and has has delivered so much more. So really exciting, very good. I wanted to talk about Nina Bergman and you know just the the great work she did as Wonder Woman. How yeah, did you pick up a little bit more, Rich? I wanted to talk about Nina Bergman's casting. How did you come across her as your as your lead for Wonder Woman? Was it somebody you had okay. in mind? Nina, I've known for probably two or three years. She's a very intense, very powerful, individual, you know, individualistic woman who, uh, who, uh, you know, we we have 
sort of talked about various projects over the years. I knew I wanted to do some kind of a film with her because, you know, she was up for a girl with a dragon tattoo. She went back to sort of every single callback up to the point where it was her and the, the other actress. And she's one of those gals that's just on the very cusp of making it or not making it in, in, in Hollywood. She's been around a while. She's got this incredible singing career. She's signed, you know, she's with Warner Brothers, read by Irving Azoff and, uh, you know, Paul Anker manages her, and you know, and it's it. You know, she's she's phenomenally well connected, uh, and just very very smart. And she used to be a boxer, and she had that sense of anger and and inner violence, but with a with a beautiful exterior that I felt, you know, absolutely epitomizes Wonder Woman in my mind. You know, it, it's it's that perfect perfect balance. On the outside, they just look beautiful and, and sexy, as you could say, sexy. And you know. But but inside, this is raging fire that's gonna that, that that will beat the hell out of you if you touch it wrong, you know. So you know, and that's that's what I wanted—a sense of danger and a sense of uh, a sense, you know, a sense of reality to to her. What I can't stand is women pretending to be fighters or pretending to be warriors when there are so many incredibly talented uh, women out, you know, fighting. You know, women out there who are professional and who can do it, who who can bring that to the table, you know. Who can get out there and rehearse the fights and, and get dirty and get 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 physical, get bruised up and take the cuts and scrapes and actually bring it to the table? And that's what I knew she was going to do if she committed to it. And, and it took a little bit to talk her into it. You know, we, you know, uh, everyone thought we were out of, I was out of my mind when I started out. <laughs> this, by the way, <laughs> but uh, once she was talked into it, she started doing the research on Wonder Woman. She ended up knowing more about the character than I did. And uh, and I I think you sense that. You know, I hope you do when you watch the teaser. It's only two minutes, but but. You know that there's a little more going on there than just a pretty face. You know that. You know, you know otherwise you you have a situation where you take a pretty actress who's who's pretty good at what she does, and you try and make it look tough. And you know, I, I don't, I didn't think that was what this wanted. I wanted something a little bit, bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more edgy. You know, that had a had a sense of a, a danger to Wonder Woman, which I think she needs. You know, she's a she's a very complex character in the comic books. You know, she doesn't really know what she's supposed to do or why she's there or you know you know or, or you know or, or how she you know she has to be judge jury and an awful lot of time and i think it weighs very he- heavily on the character and i wanted to see a little bit of that angst you know so that's why i chose nina uh, i knew that was there uh i'd written a script with her about a year ago and had spent a lot of time with her backwards and forwards and you knew some of the complexity in in the woman and, and as her as, as a professional and knew that we might be able to tap into some of that you know so that was my that was the game plan there, and, and hopefully hopefully some of that came across, and you, know, you enjoyed it just that little bit more because because that was there, you know. Yeah, she she definitely had tremendous screen presence, and that actually leads me to my next question. You know what what did you use as your as your basis? You know what did you research? I know obviously Wonder Woman comics. Let's not, you know, I, I'm sure you weren't researching the terribly flawed attempt at Wonder Woman at that Wonder Woman TV show. So we know you weren't doing that. Right. Yeah. No, I, I bought my daughter's had the set, you know, the, the DVD set from the TV show. I watched a little bit of it and I just, you know, I loved it as a kid. I was, you know, six or seven years old when it was on TV in, in England. You know, we, we got it a lot later than you guys, probably three or, three or four years after you guys had it on TV in the States. Uh, and I liked it because it was a superhero and it was American. You know, I, mean, I, I adore everything American. I'm, I'm more patriotic than most people you run into who are from America. Is. So I, I, I did like it at the time, but it's one of those things that I don't think has stood up to time. I, I didn't feel much for it when I watched it now. I didn't feel that that's what I wanted to emulate. 
uh, had a lot of respect for it as material, but I wanted to put it aside and go back to the source material. We went back to the to, to the original comic book strip. Uh, the more modern strip was interesting. I looked at some for some visual ideas. Uh, I found it quite, quite contradictory that a lot of those images are extraordinarily sexual, you know, uh, and they're they're there for the titillation of, of a guy reading it, you know, big, you know, where she's stretching and kicking in midair, and it was, it, you know, it's they were images that absolutely would never work the right. moment you filmed them. If you tried to use that as a storyboard and shot exactly what was in that comic book, it would it would not work, and and that was going to be a huge mistake. And that's maybe what they they've done wrong with some of the you know some of the recent sort of you know uh, 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 adaptations. You know, it's tried to be too close to the, the more modern comic strip, and it's very very tough to do that because you know it's it you know it you you're not sure which master you're serving, as I, as I said before. So we went back to the earlier ones, the one where she was wearing a little tennis skirt and sort of fighting tanks and, and Huns and assassins and spies and things like that, and, and really, really got back into the, into the you know, why why she was and what she was there for and who she was looking out for. And that's that's what we stuck to. And, and uh, in Nina's mind, she was there for the, the lost causes, the women who had no one else to turn to, you know, the, you know, the, uh, you know, the, the, the it's, you know, very, 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 very sort of serious, you know, about coming and protecting those that couldn't protect themselves, you know, but being a warrior for them who used anything she could get her hands on, you know, uh, yeah, and that was another controversial thing. I wanted her picking up a gun and shooting. I'd always crap about not hurting anyone, and, and I, I, I felt that was something that was added by, you know, by someone that felt they were they were basically censoring themselves. A real warrior wouldn't care about that. She'd go in there and do what do what it took, and 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 I felt that was that was the one thing I put on there that I think <laughs> that confused a few people. Well, that's all right. It's okay to have a little bit of controversy in there. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Uh, uh, where she picks up the machine gun and shoots the plane. It's, it's a specific bit I'm talking about. I had a little bit of flack over that, but you know what? <laughs> That's okay. Uh, but but yes, we we went back to the I, I feel the the very very original version. You know, I love that the guy that created was also the guy that you know had a hand in creating the uh, you know the first lie detectors. You know, so the whole lasso of truth suddenly sort of starts to make sense when you when you think about it there. But he was an interesting cat. You know, lived lived there, uh, supposedly a poly polymorphic marriage with two two women and you know based wonder woman on on the best better parts of those two women you know, <laughs> in his life you know uh uh which is which is another another story altogether i guess but uh but yeah no so that that was that was the genesis for where we where we started out from with her and you know uh did a lot of research ignored some of it and then you know and, but some of it we took to heart you know uh I think it's one of those subjects where you're going to ask seven different fans of the superhero and you're going to get seven different sort of opinions on what was right and what was wrong about it. Uh, but the, I think the overriding thing is that the fans will like that someone has taken it to heart and treated it with a serious a serious mindset as opposed to a, a, a gimmicky one. You know? Well, that's the, that's the thing, especially with so many films, especially after you know Nolan did the Batman movies, you know... Every every superhero film wanted to go into dark territory, and and sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't. But in in terms of what you did with Wonder Woman's character, there was that that you know those subtle tinges of it being a darker film because she she is a very violent in your face hero because she's she's a warrior. Like people people kind of gloss over that, like oh yeah you know this and that, but 
It's like she's a warrior. She comes from a race of warrior yeah, they women. Always, they always brush over that part. They all say, you know, peaceful, no guns, and you know, she's got to have, you know, she's got to be buxom. She's got to be. She's got to look like this. She should be an Amazon, and an Amazon is tall with dark hair. And they they give you all these incredible sort of explanations. And you, then you sort of say, well, have you actually thought through anything that you're saying? Because you know, it, a true warrior. You know, they're lean. You know, no soldier I ever met had any fat on him at all. You know, they're, right. they're not muscular. They're, I mean, it's lean. You know, you're mean. You don't eat much. It's, it's, you move quick. You move like a feral animal. You know, she's covered in scars. The, 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 the armor's all scratched and beat up. She's got that almost thousand-yard stare that, that a lot of these cats that come back from, you know, war, war zones have. And, you know, I, I really wanted to feel for that. You know, the humanity will come, you know, and try to spring on that a little bit where she where she saves the girl <laughs> making a two-minute epic here but where she where she helps the gal and i wanted to show something there and i don't know if it even resonated with most people if they gloss over that but you know there's a, there's a definite look of question on her face there where she's sort of saying what what the hell is, what am I, what, what am i doing here and then we get back into the fighting again and she does that extraordinarily well but a person who you know any person who is very very good at a physical you know a destructive you know, sport like you know, or a destructive, you know, killing people or, or fighting or, or soldiering. They all have those incredible moments of self-question. You know, because it really is strange. We we are brought up from a young age to care and to look after people, and to think you know of a certain way as wrong and right. And you know, and then you you grow up and you realise what you do better than anything else in the world is, you know, what you've been told is wrong your whole your whole life. You know, and it, it is a sense of 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 disquiet and we wanted to show that a little bit so i think that's good i think that's okay you know i don't you know want to go so dark that it it loses people but i think you certainly have to touch on that when you talk about wonder woman and the fact that she was you know she is and was a warrior and you know is, is called upon when we're in trouble you know uh i hope that came across and i hope that was an answer i, I could hardly hear your question it's going, it goes in and out rich so i'm sort of i'm sort of winging it a little bit and just catching every other word so i hope i'm, I'm giving you something worthwhile here no 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 you're you're a hundred percent on point um the other thing i wanted to ask is you you squeeze this in you know roughly two and a half minutes what was the what was the goal in terms of runtime? did you figure two and a half minutes is the sweet spot when we were prepping this uh there was a wonderful wonderful short film uh, i think it's called dirty laundry that uh Thomas Jane had starred in, and yeah, I the think Punisher. he might have produced it as well. Uh, it was his sort of reboot of The Punisher, and it was about 12 minutes long. So we we had all, you know, I'd seen that one, and it really inspired me an awful lot with this one. Hold on two seconds, I'm plugging in. Uh, can you still hear me? Yep, I hear you. Great. So that one had really, really inspired me. It ran 12 minutes. I felt it ran too long. So we wrote a script, uh, an action, that was about eight minutes long. Uh, put that together, did it, uh, uh, as it became very evident that eight minutes was going to be tough to maintain the excitement level, you know, plus the, the amount of CG and the amount of action. I just didn't didn't have the wherewithal financially to to make it the way that I wanted it to be made. So, so at that point, I decided to do it as a two and a half minute short. Uh, but we actually had this, this actually, you know, enough footage out there to make an eight minute, a pretty darn good eight minute short film out of this if, if at some point that ever happened. But I think it's better now to leave it as is and, you know, from this point on, you know, we shoot we shoot new footage if, if there is to ever be anything, you know, from this. Well what has the response been with regards to your approach to the character? Have people been coming up coming up to you like, hey, you know, maybe this is the way we need to go? Are people trying to pick your idea 
pick your brain to see if that's how they can bring her to the silver screen or even to the small screen? Uh, I haven't heard anything TV-wise. I've probably taken about six meetings at Warner's, one at Joel Silver, and then every other studio in town as well, talking about the main question has been how I did something. You know, they're, they're always curious to know how you do something that hits the zeitgeist and, and what, what tricks you used and if, it's, if there's a silver bullet there somewhere, if there's a way they can, you know, they can utilize what you did uh, or use you to do something for them that will get their them notice. When it actually comes down to the artistry and asking, you know, why did you decide to approach her this way or that way? Less so the studios than individuals, you know, individual producers that I've been talking to. Uh, I met with Gina Carano, who was just awesome and wonderful. We spoke for two hours about various different projects and, and how, how, you know, you know, how I would handle a, you know, a female, you know, lead action type character in a, in a, in a film. You know, there was a comic book character that she was circling for a little while. And, uh, you know, I gave it my take, and and people have enjoyed that, and really, really responded well to that. You know, because it's you know, it is difficult. It's difficult to do female female superheroes. It's difficult to do it without it feeling kitschy. You know, <laughs> without it feeling a bit a bit weird. Because you know, there is a default position when you're on set directing, and it's very easy to do that. Linda Carter thing. Oh no, she's great looking. Don't worry, just have the camera here, and you know, she'll look wonderful and beautiful. And, and stunt guys will just show big hits and make it look like they really hit hard. And, but it's fake, you know, and it it, it 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 isn't really what people want to see at this point. So you have it's hard work. You have to get in there. We have to think about it. We have to think a about the character and we find out why she's fighting, why she's angry, why she wants to do this, and then it sort of starts to manifest itself in the character and what she's wearing and how she moves and how she talks, what she says, what she doesn't say, and that's where it gets exciting for people, you know, like actors and uh, you know, and, and the filmmaking types, the creative producers who are interested in knowing what what picks inside my mind and what you know, what, what the genesis of this was. So I've certainly talked a lot about that with, with various characters, but when it comes to the actual studios, they're, they're less concerned in that, with that, unfortunately, because I wish, wish there was, you know, it was different, but uh, they're more concerned with how I managed to pull it off for 3,500 and, and what camera I used and all that kind of stuff. And the truth is I could have used one of 15 different cameras. You know, the fact, the fact was it was a little bit of a test for the camera anyway as well, because I then went and shot a, a low budget feature on this camera, so I did. I also wanted to test that. So, but uh, but really for me, all that is secondary. You know. What did you use? Did you use a red camera? Characters and from the story, you know, everything else is just you know, it's, it could be a Bolex sixteen millimeter or a uh, or, or a red or an Alexa. It's, it, it, you know, I'll, I'll work with all that stuff. Just make that work. You know? So what? It, for, well, with that in mind, what did what did you end up shooting with? Did you use a red a uh, red this camera? This was a Sony FS seven hundred. It's a prosumer camera. Uh, what I liked about it, uh, you know, was two things. The first is it could shoot one hundred and twenty frames, wow. uh, which is lovely slow motion, which is just wonderful. You know, and you've got it there, and then you can pull it back, and obviously you don't have to play it in slow motion. You can play it whatever speed you want once you get into the edit room. But you have that option. The second was that we could use whatever lenses we wanted on it, and we used only 1960s and 70s uh, stool camera lenses on this. Uh, wow. uh, there was Zeiss, Zeiss lenses, and uh, I think there were some, some Nikon lenses in there as well, but it's a specific kind of you know, feel. Also, my cameraman was, was, was a stool photographer, and he just, he just loved bringing these sort of antique lenses. And, you know, they, they give an interesting kind of feel to it. They, they, they're, they're not as quick, and it's not as sharp, and it's not as... 
they don't flatten everything out quite as much as a modern super fast lens, you know, and, and they give you they give you something that's very very subtle, and uh, I quite enjoy it. It's, uh, so if you ever see any stills from behind the scenes, you'll see, you'll see this wonderful, teeny, tiny modern camera with these incredible conky old aluminum lenses stuck to the front of it. That's that that's amazing on a few levels because I I shoot with with Sony SLR and I use old school Minolta lenses, so it, it's it's refreshing to hear that you know you're using a, a a brand that that I use you know in my own work and that you're actually using older lenses to get that look because it was really really. Even though it was a, a a more subdued look, it was still very very sharp. Yeah, no, I, I loved it. There's something about it that just differentiated. What you're looking to do is differentiate yourself from the pack, and the pack, in my opinion, is are people shooting on the Canon, uh, uh, you know, you know, uh, the, the Canon SLR cameras. Basically, everyone shooting on them that we're competing with on 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 live. And I wanted something that felt a little different. You know, gave, had a had a thumbprint of all of its own that wasn't quite so familiar and even if it's subtle but subtlety is what it's all about the devil really is in, in the details you know also i've worked on master as a stuntman you know i i, I felt out on that and, you know uh it was a wonderful wonderful experience but i watched you know those guys shooting on a 65 millimeter uh panavision camera which is you know probably the last film ever to be shot in 65 millimeter but he was using they were using lenses from the 1950s and 60s they they used they they dusted off and used the uh, lenses that Gordon Willis had, had made for The Godfather, you know, and something to be said, you know, for you know, for me, camera work is all about, you know, it's all about choice of lens and finding the best thing that works there, and there's something to be said for for bringing something that is is a taste of another era, another time, and, and, and using that, you know, and, and, you know, even if it only works, it affects your work in a very, very subtle way, but those are things that, that's the only way we want our work to be affected anyway, isn't it, subtlety? <laughs> If if you had to give a, another hero this type of a treatment, who would you choose? Electra, hands down. Nice. She's been so badly, so badly maligned, and such an interesting character. I love the side. I'm a huge fan of, of you know of, uh, Sonny Chiba and that awesome, awesome sci-fi that he did in a. Uh, 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 Street Fighter, you know, uh, on, on the ship in the, in the pouring rain. It's been a huge inspiration to me. You know, it's like, you know, I go to the highbrow movies, you know, the uh, Jean Luc Godard and Truffaut and all those kind of things. I'll, I'll be inspired by those. But ultimately, it comes down to that fight scene, man. It's so good. And, you know, she uses Psy, and I, I, and I just love to get into that. You know, I, I think that movie was so. Was, such an injustice to the to the hero, and I just love to get in there and re, rework her, you know, revamp her. I think I think she'd be awesome. I don't think it was Jennifer Garner's fault. I don't think she was necessarily the perfect choice, but you know, you know, at the time it probably made sense. But I felt I, I feel there's an awesome character there, Red Sonia, the other one. I would love love to have a crack at that, redoing that, doing it in a way, revamping it, you know, just just. I mean, it's it, you know there were real knights in medieval time, female knights. If you go, you 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 know they were, they were fascinating. You know, it was a you know to a degree, if the sword was correctly made, and you had a very very lightweight sword that was made by a really really you know talented smith, she was on a level playing field with a with a with any any male knight. It was just down to her ability. You know, and this is this is something not a lot of people realize. You know. Uh, you know, she obviously wouldn't want to take a hit like a, like a man, but if she moves quicker and she had lightweight armor that could, you know, allow her to weave in and out and dodge and duck, and she had the right training, it, it would make sense. It would hold water. It would be it could be actual, you know. And 
and plus I love you know Robert E. Howard and the, you know, the works. So those those would be two right off the bat that I would love a shot at. I like I like Robert E. Howard's work. I you know I recently watched the you know the Conan remake with Jason Momoa and. They, I I liked what they tried to accomplish, but I you know I I can see where they dropped the ball. The Robert E. Howard. It's just so annoying, isn't it? Within the first five or ten minutes, there were implausible holes that made no sense. It's like step away from the hot metal, just step away from it. Don't yep. stand underneath it. <laughs> it's it's just annoying. Oh, I, I found so uh, many they, plot holes, and I and I was so frustrated. I was like, I was like, come on, you you guys are are yeah. there. You're close. Yeah, yeah, so close. So close, and so many of my friends worked on that film as well, and they just hang their head down when we talk about it. It's like, yeah, no, nothing we can do about it. You know, my uh, Ken Blackwell is cutting my black and white at the moment. Was the editor on that one? You know, and you know, Sean Hood is a friend of mine who wrote it. And it's it's just one of those tough deals. You know, people think that you you know making a movie is about you on your own. You know, doing these jobs and being fantastic, but it really isn't. You know, making a movie is an incredible game of diplomacy, you know, where you have these armies of people with opinions and ideas, and a lot of them are powerful, and your skill at being able to maneuver yourself around their ideas and taking what's good and using it or taking what's bad and making them feel that you've used it in actual fact doing something very different, that is the skill of these great, great directors. It's it's not necessarily... I mean, it's also that they choose fabulous angles and choose great scripts and are able to inspire their actors, but it's to a very large degree their ability to negotiate incredibly difficult, you know, diplomacy involved with making a film at that level, you know, where you have so many cooks in the kitchen. And that was a film, I guess, that had probably one too many, you know. Well, I in doing in doing research for the interview, I you know, I've, I learned that you are a, you are a kung fu practitioner. Is that true? Uh, if you could say that one more time, Rich. In, in in doing research for the interview, I read I read a piece of knowledge that you are a kung fu practitioner. Is that true? Yes, I I, I loved it. I, kung fu, the Chinese martial arts were my absolute favorite growing up. I, I practiced laogar in in England with a with a, uh, a teacher called Bill Ray, who was just just phenomenal, very very good. Uh, it was great for me as a young young man. I mean, it was a, an incredible channel for aggression and you know and, and all that extra energy you have at that that age. You know, where you you know you, you you're not quite sure you're mad at everything because you can't get everything you want and and it was it was fabulous for me it really really helped and uh i you know the chinese martial arts led into the japanese with budo and you know which was a which was a study of about four or five different disciplines uh which was extraordinarily useful for, for movies later on uh but i adore it i love watching it and i you know it's it's fabulous i wish i could still uh train as much as i did with family and work and you know and uh you know numerous other distractions but i try you know i try and incorporate some of that into into my work once in a while but no at the time it was fabulous I, I got to compete a little bit i did really really well until it became professional and the moment the cash prizes the cash you know the cash uh prizes started it, it became he <laughs> yeah, had this professionals coming out doing it putting on a you know taking off their black belt putting on an orange sash and you know uh kicking the living hell out of you and it's like well, how, how come it suddenly changed? But you realize that these guys are actually surviving off that 50 pounds or that 25 pounds that they're winning that weekend, and that's, that's paying for their groceries. And suddenly it, 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 it becomes professional. And uh, that was the end of my enjoyment factor. It wasn't quite so much fun after that. I wasn't, wasn't, uh, wasn't as good a professional fighter. <laughs> I saw the ceiling a few times. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I figured I would ask about that because, you know, I saw, I saw you have, like I said, when, before we started recording, that you have a very imp- impressive resume. And, you know, in terms of, what you directed, you know, with your recent film, The Package, you actually worked 
you know, I'm a, I'm a wrestling fan and I cover wrestling on my show. So, you know, it's very cool that you worked with Stone Cold Steve Austin. And, of course, Dolph Lundgren, I've watched him for years in countless movies, Red Scorpion, Universal Soldier, Steve you Austin name it. is phenomenal. He's one of my favorite, favorite, favorite actors I've ever worked with. Uh, he is probably one of the funniest, most insightful, intelligent human beings you'll ever meet. But it's a rangy... Sam Peckinpah cowboy humor that is, it's not instant. It's, it, it, it don't get it, it grows on you. And, and I, I love him. He's, he, he brings so much and it, 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 it was such, such an eye-opening experience working with him. I loved him. It was, I felt like it was the hero that I'd always wanted. I, w- I wished the script had more in it for him, that one. I mean, it was a real quick run. It was 16 days, you know, up in BC, you go and you, you know, I jump off the plane, I'm on my own, I don't know anyone else there. And you, you know, the line producer follows a couple of days later, it's just the two of us making the film with a Canadian crew and cast, and, you know, Steve turns up two days before we start filming, you try and jam in as much rehearsal time with him as possible and chat about the character. Uh, but that's how those films run, and that's why most often they're not, not worth watching. But uh, we actually work really, really hard, and, and you know, what I also do is write a page or two of character notes on each of the lead actors, and I say, you can forget this, guys, or you can you can read it and, you know, use it. I don't know. I, I do it for my own edification, so it helps me shot list and helps me direct. And uh, about midway through, you know, he was doing really, really good work, and I, came, I said, I'm really enjoying what you're doing. You know, and he, you know, he was he was very complimentary. He said, no one's ever, ever given him a backstory before. No one's taken the time to talk to him about that kind of stuff. No one's taken the time to talk about motivation, about character, about, you know, about, about you know, uh, continuity within within the scene. And he was just so appreciative and, and wonderful. And I just feel that we have so much more to do. I've got another film that I'm supposed to be directing with him in the summer. And it's a different script. It's 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 a it's a lot more you know tailored to Steve. And I think we're going to be able to do something really really exciting with it because uh, you know he's he's an actor. I think he has a lot more potential than people are giving him credit for. You know, uh, just and physically just wonderful to work with. I mean, you got John Wayne basically. He's, he's it's mythic mythic sort of physique in and and size. You know, he's a great 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 guy and and just awesome to work with. If you're there and you're going to do it, he'll be there and he'll do it. And he says that to you. you know, he's like, Steve, will you, you know, are you going to hit this one more time? He's like, well, if you want it, then I'm, you're going to shoot it and you'll be with me. I'm there, you know. And that's a great, that's a great partnership to have as a, you know, with a, with your leading man, you know. Well, that's good. I mean, so, yeah. when you when, say enough good stuff about him, I'm a huge, huge fan, you know, huge fan. When when you're ready to do that movie, I definitely want to catch up with you for that. Oh, for sure, for sure. We'll try and get you out if it's if it's here in the states. We'll try and work out where it is and have you come out to set and meet, meet, meet both of us. You know. Oh, that would be that would be fantastic. I did have one other question to ask, and that was with regards to to the film. I know that a lot of people have been sharing it and stuff before I, I published the interview. I wanted to make sure that it was okay for us to share it on our channel and with our audience. I just wanted to get you share okay it, for that. Share it, share it, share it. Show as many people as you want. That was the whole idea of it. I didn't want to make ever make money off this thing. That's why we put it on Vimeo to start with. I didn't really want to go near YouTube. As much as we all wanted YouTube because it tells you how many you got, you reach a bigger audience. I didn't want it to feel like we'd gone out there with a view to doing something that was making money. That was never, ever what it was about. So we put it to, YouTube, to Vimeo to start with. Uh, I think Break have now got the official license for YouTube and they've taken it over. There's something they've talked about with my managers. But no, take it, show it to as many people if you think they'll enjoy it or they'll get inspired by it. I will be the happiest guy out there. Just keep, just keep watching it and come back to me with ideas. Tell me what, what you know. Tell me what you thought you should have done differently. You know, I love hearing it all. We've got a, uh, we have a Wonder Woman fan page on 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 
uh, Facebook and people people you know every day are, are giving me their opinions on things and it's it's wonderful I just I just I'm I'm enjoying it so much because it's you know you have the feeling you've done something that people are enjoying even if it's only two minutes it's just a great a great great feeling and I, I it's been thrilling absolutely so, yeah, sure. well, yeah what I, I mean we're definitely we're definitely going to make sure we get it out there to all the right places and you know if we can be of assistance to help out getting some of your projects out like I said a lot of the stuff that that you work on is in my wheelhouse anyway you know we definitely like to work with you on that oh god it's gone completely dead now no nope. <laughs> you're still there I'm so sorry man that's all right I, what's, uh, I heard the part about so many projects that we work on and then it sort of died away no what I was saying was that you you know a lot of the stuff you work on is in my wheelhouse of stuff that I that I cover and that I enjoy so you know definitely want to keep in touch Fantastic. No, absolutely. Yes, 100%. 100%. Uh, please, please contact me if I forget to contact you and you see something that might be of interest. Just just touch base. Love to chat about it with you. Love to bring you up to speed. It's all, it's all you know, it's, it's such a wonderful uh, thing now. When I started out, you know, I relied upon every single one of these low budget sort of film festivals to, you know, try and send your films to. And it was, it was just dire. But now we've, we've got YouTube, we've got Vimeo, we've got uh, blogs we've got wonderful fan sites hundreds and hundreds of them and it's 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 just this wonderful sort of we're in this wonderful era of film lovers you know people who love the genre yeah there's a lot of cattiness and a lot of people write shit but it, you know i'm a grown adult i have two i have a teenage daughter i can understand you know when i hear teenage cattiness it, i kind of just it makes me giggle you know but but the fact that so many people who enjoy something can get it so readily and watch it and in a short format is just just fantastic. It's great, you know. Uh, I want to make another one of these. I, I, I've got a subject matter which is, you know, which is another. It's a video game this time, but it's one that wasn't done very well. No one's really really done it properly, and I I, I want to do a two minute short of it and just, you know, it's it, it's a uh, it's a great time. I think so. Yeah, yeah, absolutely very, very good. And for sure, let's let's keep in touch. All right. Well, that's a, that's gonna wrap up the interview again, Jesse. Thank you, thank you for taking the time to uh, speak with us, and I'll make sure to share all the links with you once it goes public. Thank you very much, and and my pleasure. And thank you for having interest in it. Thank you for thinking your your fans are going to be interested in it. It's just awesome. And hopefully we'll chat again, Rich. Any any problems at all? Just email me, and uh, I can I can answer anything else. You got it. Thanks, Matt. You've just heard My Take Radio's Beyond the Mic with Jesse Johnson, director of the Wonder Woman fan film. You can listen to live episodes of My Take Radio every Thursday at 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific on the Blog Talk Radio Network. You can also listen to us via Mixler, mixler.com forward slash My Take Radio. You can also find us on Facebook, look for us on Twitter at My Take Radio, and add us to your circle on Google+. Thanks for listening.